0: WMEX Quincy, Boston. Streaming at WMEXBoston.com. And on your smart speaker, just say play WMEX. The greatest hits of all time are back. This is the all new WMEX. WMEX Boston.
1: Off Hockey with Mike Milbury, live on WMEX, 1510 AM, Quincy, Boston. After fighting and coaching his way through a storied 47-year professional hockey career, Mike Milbury's gloves are again dropping to the ice for his next chapter as a radio host, talking about the NHL, the Boston Bruins, and the hockey world. Ladies and gentlemen, live on WMEX, Mike Milbury.
2: All right, Ben. Thanks for the intro. And uh, let's tell everybody a little bit about the show. We're going to be Bruins-centric, of course, because that's what I know best in my life. We're going to do some previews over the next couple of weeks of different teams or divisions through the league. And we'll uh, preview upcoming opponents of the Bruins, their first kickoff the season tomorrow night against Washington. want to talk about them in the next hour or maybe tomorrow, if we get to it. And we're going to Review some of the games that they play and give some report cards to these guys because we're going to want to know what's going on, what the trend is. And before we do anything else, I'm going to drop the gloves right now and take a look back at what happened over the summer because it was a little bit interesting, to say the least. The Bruins somewhat unexpectedly fired Bruce Cassidy. Cassidy with an outstanding win-loss record. uh, Thought he had been given the green light to, to come back for another season. But suddenly, for whatever reason, and I don't think we're ever going to know the reason, the Bruins decided to make a change. And Cassidy was caught unawares. And I don't know if anybody will ever find out what happened exactly, but we all know Jake debrusque was a problem with Cassidy. There must have been some other problems within the room, but be that as it may, in the world of coaching and professional coaching, you're going to get fired. And Cassidy got the boot. And so... Good for him. He winds up in Vegas. A good team, you know, a really good team with a good future, uh, and a million and a half dollar raise. Not bad after you get fired.
1: Yeah, not too shabby at all. Matter of yeah. fact. Is,
2: and so now they got to do something with a new coach, and they go out and they find, stumble across, not stumble across. They find after I know they interviewed a whole bunch of people. They came to Jim Montgomery. The question is why? We all know he had some personal issues. Everybody deserves a second chance. Montgomery deserves a second chance. What did they focus on? What I can gather from what these guys are telling me is that Montgomery was a heady player when he played for the University of Maine. played some pro, but not a lot, uh, but was considered very intelligent, uh, an on-ice leader, uh, goes on to coach in minor pro, and, and the collegiate levels and does very well is very successful at every level and apparently he is a more gentler kinder version of Bruce Cassidy and that's what I think that they were looking for I think they felt that the room was a little bit split and that Cassidy was too hard on him. Actually, Bruce, is, he's a member at New Seabury down here where I'm also uh, a member. And we chatted n- near the end of his tenure here. And he said, you know, I was tough on these guys. And I think I should be tough on them because this is a demanding market. And I wanted, it, I wanted them to be competitive every night. And so, you, you know, you can look at it both ways. But here we are with Montgomery. What is the change going to be? The talk has all been about get the defensemen up into the play. I don't know if that settles me or not. I mean, is this group, particularly without Charlie McAvoy, ready to go ahead and do that? But that's one part of his theory. The other part of his theory is as long as you can possess the puck, the other team can't score any goals. So you hang on to it, hang on to it, make some plays. Their last preseason game didn't show that they were ready for that. They were sloppy. They were, you know, they were disjointed. Their outlet passes were poor. But the th- th- it's preseason. I don't want to get too excited about that. But the whole theory is puck possession. And when you turn over the puck, go hard and hardy after the loose puck. Get, get it back as fast as possible. So it is going to be interesting to see if these guys can live up to Jim Montgomery's belief that you can you can do that with this group of individuals. I think you have some individuals that can handle this and some that may be challenged to do that. So the third piece of things that happened over the summer was the return, return of David Krejci. Great news for Bruins fans. Apparently had a good season in the Czech League. Um, has never been a quick skater. Has always been just one of the headiest players you'll ever find in the game. And Krejci fills in a slot that they were unable to fill last year. They tried everybody and his cousin last year at the second-line center position, and nobody could do what Krejci will do for him this coming season. So that's a a big plus in the lineup. And now he's – right now they're flirting with a check line. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the the return of Krejci is uh, as good a piece of news for Bruins fans as you can possibly get. So the band is back together again for one last kick at the can. Both Bergeron and Krejci – take deep discounts to come back and play for the Bruins. And I, I don't know if this is going to be enough to get them to the promised land. It sure, certainly should be enough to get them to the playoffs. But before I make any promises on that side, they have a bunch of injuries that are really concerning. You know, Marchand's double hip surgery is not something you come walk back onto the uh, into the locker room and put your pads on and think it's going to be great. He seems to think things are going well. They're going to keep him to a strict schedule. He won't be back until late November. Now you got the first or second best forward on your team, and most, you know, one of the peskiest players on your team, he's out until November. You got your best defenseman, McAvoy, who eats 24, 25 minutes a night. He's out with a shoulder problem. And Grizzlick sounds like Matt Grizzlick sounds like he's coming back into the mix a little sooner than expected, but Marshan and McAvoy being out to November is really something to be concerned about because that constitutes 20% of your season. There are about 20 games between now and the end of November. And the Bruins have to stay afloat there without two of their best, very best players. That means they need to be somewhere around three, four position in the conference at that time that's a lot to ask for a team without their best, their best two best players on their roster. So the, the start to this is going to be very interesting to see. And um, I'm curious to see how, Jim Montgomery handles this because the pressure is going to be on from the beginning, Ben.
1: Oh, true. It's absolutely already on, and it was on the second they announced him as the coach. And uh, on, on Coach Montgomery, I mean, I will say that I was feeling good about it just based on the reaction. Obviously he's coming from the Dallas organization after a few years off. Like you said, everyone deserves a second chance in life, or maybe even a third or fourth. Hey, why not? You know, it's WMEX. Let's go for it. <laughs> but uh, I was happy to see that the Dallas fan base responded very favorably and very positive at the news of his signing in Boston. It's not very often you see a fan base react like that when a former coach signs somewhere else. I got to tell you, I didn't have those same warm butterfly feelings when uh, Claude Julien signed on to Montreal again, but hey, all the best to him in that regard. So it's good to see that those fans relayed that he was a positive coach he had a great direction for the Dallas Stars while he was there with them and he really helped develop some of those players into quite frankly some of the players they are today so hopefully uh coach Montgomery will be uh, the man and the myth and the legend yet to be but hey he's the bun we got right now yeah so well, one thing
2: that was curious for me was Montgomery uh generally speaking a new coach comes in and he's got the right to pick his staff The Bruins chose to stick with basically most of their staff. He finally did add a defenseman John Gruden to the mix. And not to say that these coaches are bad, but when you're new to an organization and you come in and the guys that are behind the bench beside you have already been there for five or six years, yeah, it's time to pause and say, are they on my side? Are they going to the manager? That's it's a a little bit unsettling. Would be for me if I were the head coach. But Montgomery took it and uh, added at least one member of the staff that that he would recommend and we'll see how that all that pans out but yeah. they get kicked off the game well actually the season kicks off tonight with the rangers in tampa bay should be a pretty interesting game two excellent teams two teams that will be working with the bruins to find a niche in the playoffs system and so we'll, we'll see how that works out but i'm going to switch to if we have time before we yeah, take a absolutely. break so Let's go. um what the roster looks like and you know Preseason is a time for experiments. And certainly, uh, the Bruins did some experimenting. But they've come back to what I think is maybe the best situation they can be in at this time. And Taylor Hall looks like he's back. He's back in the first line with Bergeron and DeBrusque. Which is
1: encouraging, to say the
2: least. Well, I'm going to tell you that here's Taylor Hall. First overall pick. MVP in New Jersey. Speed. Speed galore some ability to score goals but he's inconsistent i feel like he should be able to give you you should you should get more bang from your from your buck from taylor hall and he's got an opportunity here to play with one of the premium centers in the national hockey league again and my expectation for taylor hall is to get 25 goals and probably 35 assists if he's playing for as long as he can with Bergeron, and who knows what happens when Marcia comes back and what what will shake out after that. But this guy should get 25 goals and 35 assists. That's my expectation. What we'll get, I just have no idea. It's just wait and see with Taylor Hall. He's he's a he's a wild card, and there are a number of a number of those wild cards on the on the Bruins roster. One of them, however, is not Patrice Bergeron. I mean, this is a First ballot Hall of Fame player, five-time Selkie Trophy winner, captain, one of the most respected players in the sport. Uh, And there's no question in my mind that if he can do what he did last year, 25 goals and 40 assists, without falling off, that's a heck of a season for for a top-line center. He'll be playing big minutes, as he always does, takes that critical face off, kills penalties, power play, the question is, he's now 38. You don't get more stamina at that age. It looks like he keeps himself in terrific shape, but still, they're going to have to manage him the minutes for Patrice Bergeron. It's so easy for a coach to look down and see Bergeron there and say, okay, tap him on the shoulder and go again. Well, you got to have him fresh in April. That's when you need him to be at the top of his game and it's going to be incumbent upon the coaching staff to make sure that he doesn't wear down. He's not a big guy. I mean, he's really kind of rail thin, but you know he can get the job done. But you'll notice his his shifts are shrinking to sometimes below 30 seconds. He, he won't take any time over 40, 45 seconds at the most. Even on the power play, he gets his butt to the bench, which is probably wise at this juncture.
1: Absolutely. You know, it, it's not like you can stay out there and play 15 minutes a night every single shift, you know. Of course, you get the time overall, but I think that's the best way for him to operate because, like you said, he's getting older, he's certainly not getting any younger, and we need him as good a condition as we can possibly get him in.
2: And that brings us to the problem child, or at least uh, a little bit of a problem child, Dake DeBrusque. Obviously, he had some issues with Bruce Cassidy, demanded a trade. Cassidy gets fired, and he rescinds the trade. So, clearly, we know what the problem was with DeBrusque. And, you know, he finished strong last year, finished very strong. Uh, 25 goals should be the standard from him from now on. If he wants to be on the top line with a top centerman, that means he has to bear responsibility and and shoulder the load. And I think the load for him should be 25 goals. He was, however, like the playoffs are a little bit disturbing. He, He scored a couple of goals in the seven game series. He's a whopping minus 7. Ugh. I'm not sure I, I I'm not sure how that came about, but expect at least 25 from him. That's what, you know, when you're when you're making that kind of squawking noises about, you know, your coach, you got to put up and shut up.
1: Yep, I agree with you on that and uh, we were very vocal about that all season long as the fan base was and You know, uh, whatever the issue was, clearly management has made its decisions and hopefully it's now done and we can get back to some serious hockey here in Boston. Mike, we are going to step aside, take our first break. And folks, by the way, you are listening to the brand new program, Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury, and it's being brought to you by Fuse CBD. You might recognize the name because they've been with WMEX since day one. And I'd love for you to call Matt over at uh, Fuse CBD and say thank you. His number is numbers 978-715-9980. We will be right back on the other side of this break. Are you
0: an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. <laughs> We need more officials in Massachusetts. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. When you need to feed a lot of people in a pinch, simply call Angelina's in Braintree, the home of the Jumbo. Angelina's is famous for their hand-tossed Italian-style pizzas, fresh-cut salads, and their subs are, dare we say, Jumbo. Did you know that Angelina's now offers Dell's Lemonade? That's right. You can refresh yourself with a tasty treat and make sure the kids are happy, too. Feed your family with Angelina's today, and you'll receive $5 back with every $25 purchase. And to top it all off, Angelina's delivers, ensuring that you can enjoy their great food without leaving the comfort of your own home. Angelina's in Braintree, located at 419 Elm Street, Just one mile from the Union Street exit. Call 781-843-7827 to place your order. That's 781-843-7827. You can also order online at angelinasjumbo.com. Angelina's in Braintree, the home of the Jumbo.
1: Remember where you were when you two first got engaged? Of course you do. It's a memory you will cherish forever, and you can always turn to Rogers Jewelry for that moment in your life. Since 1944, Rogers Jewelry has been Quincy's first choice for fine jewelry sales and trusted repair service. That truly is the difference. Unlike the big box jewelry stores, Rogers Jewelry is staffed with a graduate gemologist with over 35 years of experience, and you will never have to sacrifice luxury for pricing. Is your anniversary coming up? Maybe you're looking to get a head start on your holiday shopping. Just trying to purchase a birthday present last minute? Maybe you're preparing to pop the big question. Plan ahead for your occasion up to a year in advance with Rogers Jewelry, always offering layaways. You want to make sure you're ready and help is available at Rogers Jewelry. Located in the Galleria at President's Place in the heart of Quincy Center at 1250 Hancock Street, Suite 111. Check out their showroom and find out more at RogersJewelry.com. Rogers Jewelry. Know what you're buying. You're listening to Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Melbury here live on 1510 WMEX.
2: So, we get through the first line. You happy with that first line?
1: I think I'm pretty happy with that,
2: Yeah, you know? I think you can live with that. An MVP on the left wing. You've got a solid Hall of Famer in the middle. And an up-and-coming... You know, the future still to be decided on the right side in Debrusque. So that leaves us in pretty good shape, I think. What about the second six? Everybody talks about the top six in Boston and around the hockey world. And so that leads us to what's now been an interesting discovery for the Bruins and Jim Montgomery, and that's the all-check line with Pavel Zaka and David Krejci and David Postonok. So Pavel Zaka shouldn't be... And unknown to people, he was a sixth overall draft pick by the New Jersey Devils. Good size, good skill set. So why hasn't he broken through? Well, maybe it's because he's been living in New Jersey and he's been just depressed as hell. I don't know. But Funny thing <laughs> about that, huh? You not know, <laughs> I mean, is it passion? Is it physical commitment? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't seen him focused on him enough. But clearly he can play the game. Clearly he knows the game. And in the last couple of exhibition games, He's been paired with Krejci and with Postonok. And it looks like, you know, the little bit of a Harlem Globetrotter magic has arrived in, the, in in this this line. And if they can keep that up, boy, what a relief that would be to have two lines, top six, that can, can play at both ends of the ice, that can do a lot of different things. You got, you know, somebody like Zaka who, if he gets it right – um, could really open up lots of doors imagine if he actually stayed with that check line the whole year and zaka was as productive as he's been in the last couple of games and all of a sudden marshan's back in the lineup i don't know maybe they put taylor hall in the third line with charlie coyle and and craig smith that'd be a hell a of a hell top of a third three line. that's a hell of a third line but i i'm get ahead of myself here but what i do expect from From Zaka, if he's playing regularly on the power play, solid minutes with David Krejci, one of the great playmakers in the game, I expect him to get 20 goals easily and and 20 assists at least. And so, we'll see how that shakes out. But he, he's a happy camper right now. That whole line seems to be taking happy pills because they're, you know, they're buddies. They're speaking the same language. They all grew up knowing, being aware of one another. Pasternak grew up idolizing Krejci. And so Zaka gets his chance, his kick at the cat with a good team, a tremendous centerman. We'll see what he does with it. But he's a wild card that needs to be dealt with.
1: Absolutely. And you got to keep an eye on him, folks. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sure you got a chance to see the uh, Bruins preseason game against the Rangers back on the uh, October the 5th. It was Wednesday. It was a 5-4 win. And Zaka actually had a really pretty goal in that one. Uh, took a breakout pass over the blue line, was able to protect the puck from the defender, make some space, and a real nifty line shot right up top, cheese, and he buried that all day. If that's the kind of thing that we can expect to see out of Pavel Zaka, I am all on board. Yeah, for that.
2: well, let's just make sure that we don't get too carried away because this it is a preseason. preseason. That's right. <laughs> but but anyway, he showed some flashes of what he can do and what why he was drafted so high in the 2015 draft. It was a not a year everybody wants to talk about in Boston because it wasn't a great draft year, but maybe this this kind of find could make <laughs> up for it. Which brings us to David Krejci. Spent last year back at home, wanted to be around his family, have have them watch him play on a regular basis. Uh, can't blame him. The Roosters sure loved it. Yeah, the never never speedy, just super intelligent, great vision, great hands, uh, and. I can't help but smile at, uh, at he can't help but smile at, at playing with his Czech countrymen. He really seems to have enjoyed it. He came back really looking energized, I thought, in the times we saw him in, in press conference it seemed like and Krejci was always sort of a subdued kind of guy, not one to really jump in front of the microphone, but he seemed to have a I don't know, maybe a newfound confidence in himself as a player and and I expect him to do what he's always done. 15 goals and 40 or 45 assists. You know that's the kind of production you want from second-line center A guy. who's going to see plenty, of, plenty of ice time on the power play, and so that's my expectation for David Krejci. And I think we've seen it enough over the past. The guy led the postseason in scoring twice in his career. Not many people can claim to do that. Correct.
1: You know, and we've also seen him have that uncanny ability to just slow down time. You know, like you said, he's not a fast skater, but man, what he does with those skate edges and those hands, he literally will make everybody slow down a good five seconds, it seems. I mean, again, preseason, but I saw that no-look pass, man. He had the angle correct, and that puck fed so cleanly for Pasta on that one-timer. I think it was also against New York. Uh It was just a thing of beauty. And again, not getting excited, preseason looks. Not everybody's playing at 100% yet, but... That ability right there, we've seen it time and time again. And like you said, when he was leading the playoffs those times, that's the kind of style of play that he showed. And that's why he's become the legend that he has at this point in his career. And now returning to Boston to do the thing that he always wanted to do, play with David Pasternak on the same line.
2: Yeah, the Eve St. Laurent of hockey, David Pasternak. I mean, I don't know what he wants for dollars, but there's got to be a portion of that. Uh, directed towards his wardrobe because nobody spends more time uh, thinking about what he's going to wear to the rink than David Pastrnak. But it is interesting that they haven't been able to come to a deal. Money is clearly a concern for the Bruins. It is for every team, I'm not right. trying to pick on any particular uh, Jacobs family member that they always go to the cap. They've always been spent as much as they can spend. I'll give him credit for that, but they haven't been able to give him what he wants. So if he goes into the season, he plays with the pressure of having to live up to what he thinks he, he should be making. And if they give him what he wants, he'll have just as much pressure because the expectation will be, well, we're paying you $10-plus plus million a year. You better darn well produce for us. Absolutely. I, I mean, and this is a guy that I don't think is bothered that much by pressure. He doesn't seem to be – seems very loosey-goosey. And, and that's a good thing. Sometimes it may be a little too loosey-goosey for me. Maybe he could buckle down on occasion, but his his expectations of big money or his inability to get it still results in pressure on him. And for me, he's got a breakthrough. He's got to break through the 50 goal barrier. This is the year to do it. If he stays healthy and Krejci stays healthy, there's no reason why Pasta can't maybe win another trophy as the leading goal scorer in the league. And I think 50 should be what he's shooting for. And that means consistency every night taking your opportunities and trying to bury them. But, boy, that now, so we've gone through the top six. Can't be unhappy with that. And and you're sitting with Brad Marchand in your back pocket, waiting for him to come back in in late November. So it's a a pretty good place that they find themselves in to start the year. But, as you know, it doesn't end with a top six. This is a four-line league and has been for the last number of years. I mean, we talked about line shifts and the the length of them. You know, they last 30 to 40 seconds now. In my day, it was you could go a minute. Phil Esposito used to go two and a half minutes. It's part of the reason why they traded him, because he <laughs> wouldn't get off the ice.
1: It's a wild man right there. That's yeah. what that is. It
2: brings us to the third line. I, I, I'm i going to start in the middle with Charlie Coyle. I mean, I, I think I know people talk about Coyle being – Overpaid. It's not his fault if he's overpaid. First of all, if somebody wanted to overpay you, Ben, you'd take the money, right? Yeah, well, so, way you know, better overpaid than underpaid, yeah, I'll tell you that. So um, I think he's one of the top third-line centers in the league. They tried to shove him into the two-spot last year. It didn't work. Um, too much pressure on him. He's not skilled enough, accomplished enough, but he's a big kid, goes to the corners, protects the puck well, and... Uh, he can kill penalties. He can play the power play. Somebody gets hurt up front in the top six. He can certainly fill in for a period of time. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. So, solid, solid third line center for the Bruins.
1: Well, the Weymouth connection. You know, we've yeah. uh, we've seen it for a few seasons now, and I got to tell you, I've had the opportunity to meet him personally. Great guy. He's a lot bigger in person once you actually meet him. I mean, I stand about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and I found myself looking up a little bit. Yeah, he's like, a, I didn't think you were that tall, brother, yeah, but apparently he, you are.
2: And he uses it well. You know, he goes to the corner, protects the puck with his back. You know, he he can spend... A, he, Jim Montgomery is looking to keep possession of the puck. This is a guy that can do it. He won't. He may not finish as often as you might like, but he certainly can control the puck down in the corners. He usually makes good, safe decisions. And so they're... They're one, two, three solid, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, on the left side, and this is... A, who knows what's going to happen as the season evolves, but the Bruins have are faced with some, some decisions on who plays the left side. Practice today, apparently, was A.J. Greer. Greer has been forceful, muscular, played hard. You know, the kind of guy that you can trust. Guy will, you know, stick up for his teammates. A guy that will get in there. Um, maybe not as talented skilled as you might like him to be but you know he's had a real good training camp and he's earned the opportunity to 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 get a shot here
1: and at only 25 years old 208 pounds six foot three and he's got that physicality that we've been missing from the Bruins you know we always talk about the the good old days of the big bad Bruins and the game is obviously evolving and changing and there's. No real enforcers left, certainly, but the lack of those big bodies and being able to throw down hits at those opportune moments, we've been missing that on this team lately. And again, preseason, not getting excited here, but from what I've seen in his play so far, like you just said, not afraid to get in there, get dirty in the corners, and really muck it up with the top elite level talent of the league. So we've got Gre-
2: Greer, Coil, and looks like Craig Smith on the right side, a seasoned veteran, can can certainly contribute offensively, solid, responsible forward. Wrap it in a package. It's a good third line. It's a real good third line. I don't think that you know. I don't think, it, and it's going to get better when Marchand comes back because we're going to have some other options. But I have no trouble with this as a serviceable, better than serviceable third line, and a line that you should be able to count on as a checking unit against some of the other teams' top six forwards.
1: No doubt about it. And obviously there's some more players coming up that we're going to talk about still yet. But 6.30 already, Mike. It's our halftime nice. break. We're going to step aside and take that for you folks. We'll be right back. And this period being brought to you by AMS Management Services. If you're looking for staffing in your company, check it out online, AMS Managements. Dot com and let them know you heard about it right here on 1510 WMEX. We will be right back with Gloves Off Hockey.
0: It happens all over Massachusetts.
2: Can you tie
0: In every home and every community.
2: Be careful on your bike. Learning can happen
0: anytime, anywhere.
2: We'll see you at this weekend.
0: And no matter how learning takes place in your family's hey, life, that? Desi is there as your partner the Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at Bass.gov slash backtoschool. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Hi, this is
2: Tony LaGreca of Courage to Hope, and I need your help. We have a bill in the Massachusetts House, number H.R. 4814. This bill is called the Right to Know Act. If anyone 18 years or younger is given a prescription for an opioid narcotic from a doctor, nurse, or anywhere, they have to explain to the parent that it is a highly addictive drug and could cause the child to become addicted. This law has passed in 18 other states. States with a remarkable drop of teenage drug addiction. Please help us to get this bill passed by calling your state rep or state senator. This bill saves lives and costs the taxpayers nothing. H.R. 4814, Bill H.R. 4814.
1: WMEX is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. Listen as good guys Larry Justice, your friend Ben, Jeff Lawrence, and Jimmy J play the greatest hits of all time. Put the power of the good guys to work for you. Advertise your business, event, or message on WMEX. Call our sales team at 508-245-7732. Or drop us a message at WMEXsales at gmail.com. Radio is fun
2: again. Fifteen.
1: 10 WMEX. WMEX, that's right. Gloves off hockey with Mike Milbury live and streaming online at WMEXBoston.com.
2: We talked about it being a four line game now and uh, it's a really difficult line to play on. Because you're only going to get eight, nine, ten minutes a night, but they're important minutes to give people a rest. You don't want to, you don't want to be, you have to be reliable. You can't get, you can't make mistakes. You, you have to occasionally chip in offensively. You're certainly responsible for some nasty corner work, you know, set a tone. That's what the fourth line does. They want to set a tone, change momentum during the course of the game and, Right now, I don't know what that fourth line is definitely going to look like, and talk about. And sometimes during the course of a season, the fourth line players are often the ones that see the ninth floor at the Garden. They get kicked out because they didn't have a particularly good game, and it's easy to kick them out. And there's always somebody there waiting to take your place. For a guy like Nick Foligno, who looks like he may start on the fourth line, former captain of Columbus, a. Well respected guy in the league, but really had a tough year last year. Uh, I was not, I don't think anybody expected huge things of him. And the Bruins gave, Bruins gave him a pretty good contract. And here he is clearing waivers yesterday and now maybe or maybe not being on the fourth line for the Bruins. I think you're fine there with Nick Felino. I think he's going to handle it well. I think he had a little bit of a bounce back camp, not overwhelming, but it was looked like he had a little more bounce to his step. I don't know how this will impact him clearing waivers. I suspect, you know, knowing a little bit about his character, that he'll just blow through it. You know, he's not going to whine. He's not going to demand to be traded. He's not because first of all, he went through waivers. Who do you trade him to? Right. So it, that's okay if Nick Foligno is your your fourth line left wing, and it looks like. Thomas Nosek is going to be the fourth-line center, at least on paper. That's apparently what it's going to be. He's going to give you hard work. He's going to give you tough minutes and probably a prototypical fourth-line center. Maybe could be a little bit bigger, but, I i mean, he's not not small, but, you know, you can't have it all perfect. We've described pretty three, three pretty good lines, but they do have options here. Um, Jakob Lauko Right now appears to be riding shotgun on that line on the on the I don't know what to expect from him I mean really it's just a, he's had a tough, tough tough couple of years but has bounced back to become visible and when you go to training camp the first thing you have to know is you as a player that's on the on the fringe is you have to become visible to the to the management and you become visible with one skating number two hitting number three scoring and number four maybe the odd fight. But certainly I mean, those are the things that they're looking for. Gotta and and, and Lauco has delivered some of that in the preseason, and that's why he's still on the roster. They still have some other guys. Chris Wagner went through he went through waivers, but there's a guy that's done the job at that position. Looks like he was fighting, clawing his way to come back, but it was an easy decision for them to put him on waivers. But a lot of this stuff is at this time of the year is just paperwork. I mean, he may, ne- he may never get to Providence at this point, but we'll see. Jack Studnika, Trent Frederick, still in the hunt, still in the mix. Um, and that's why these fourth guys, fourth line guys live an uneasy life, because they're always looking over their shoulder, and they probably should be, because there's always somebody that wants to sneak in there. Somebody that's been on the ninth floor, has been scratched for a game, and is just waiting for the chance and hoping for the chance that he can show his stuff again.
1: That's right. And, you know, not to switch sports and gears, but we were talking about it a little bit off air, you know, with the Patriots, didn't that just happen? Third string quarterback, Mac Jones goes down, next guy gets hurt, all of a sudden, here we go with Bailey Zappi, and there you go, man. Sometimes you just got to be in the right place at the right time and have the foresight to be talented enough to get in there and do it. And again, not don't worry, gears, be
2: zappy. That's okay. I know that <laughs> was a great story. I mean, he it's great, it'll be interesting. And people are, you know, people are talking about him. And hey, listen, that coach Bel- Belichick has honored competition from within for since the time he started coaching football. So That's right, nobody loses in that one. But we can get back to the Patriots we'll get back in, a, to that, yeah. in a little while. We come to my favorite position on the hockey team, of course, defense. Ah, yes. And uh, we know the big hole. We talked about it. Charlie McAvoy coming back. And I'm to go back. I'm going to go back to the injury thing. We talked a little bit about the hip surgery for Marshan. You know, the guy that is supposed to be playing in Washington and is not is Nick Backstrom. He had hip surgery. He had the surfaces scraped of his hip, and it's he may never play again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do they don't give you any kind, and I'm no doctor to be able to, to sort of give you an estimate of what his chances are of coming back at 100%. But in my experience, players that suffer big-time surgeries on knee, or or back, or hip, uh, take a while before they can get back into where they to where they were. So I worry about that, and I worry about that with with McAvoy, who's clearly the surgery taking him out until late November, was not just a simple procedure. It was a you invasive one at yeah, Exactly. So does that do anything to him? Does it make him more vulnerable? Anyway, there is no Charlie McAvoy. One of the top five, ten, pick a number, one of the top defensemen in the National Hockey League, you're going to miss him. No doubt. So that brings me to number two defenseman on the roster, Hampus Lindholm. Big trade for the Bruins last last spring. I mean, a huge trade. This huge. was a. I mean, this was a guy that can had fallen off a little bit in his in his career, uh, needed to be rejuvenated. Was playing for a lousy team, comes to Boston, very cocky, very. You know, I'm. <clears throat> I look to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference every night. It was. I was really, wow. That's that's something coming into a a town like this and making those kind of statements. But right unfortunately he
1: only got 10 games in 10
2: games in and he got clocked and we talked about it earlier then that does that make a difference for him getting a concussed like that in a way that was pretty violent Brutal. i don't know if he can i don't know if he can yeah if he can take it play the exhibition games was okay but does that ro- does that rock your boat a little bit
1: He's been in the league since 2013-2014 with the Ducks and put up great numbers. Not a huge goal scorer, but he is an assist maker. And the points just rack up for him. And even in the 10 games he played for us, he still had five assists. Yeah. That's not bad. No,
2: it isn't bad. And I thought he he played a little tougher than I thought he would play around the front of the net. He was not unafraid to try to move people out. And he's got great size, as we know. Uh, This is going to be like Pavel Zaka, one of the wild cards, like the Brust, one of the wild cards that has to come through for the Bruins to get to where they want to be. He has to establish himself as maybe not a 1, but a 1A, a guy that's going to use the opportunities that Montgomery's delivering to the defense, jump up into the play, get involved in the play, so he can use those those abilities to make plays and, and, and grab assists and make something happen. Uh, that's what you're going to have to find from Hampus Lindholm. A lot of pressure on him to fill the void, especially in the 20 games between now and the December 1st when when Charlie McBoy finally gets back.
1: Absolutely. And I do want to correct myself. That was 10 regular season games and four playoff games before he finally got knocked out. And unfortunately, he was a plus two at least, but no points on that one. But as I'm looking back over his playoff record here, I mean, he's got 59 playoff games under his belt. Four goals, 17 assists for 21 points. He's a plus 13 22 PIMS, though. We do love our PIMS here in Boston, but during playoff time, not necessarily.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, who knows how those PIMS came about, but 23 isn't that many. Not overwhelming over the course of 59 games, I guess. But the pressure is on him. He's going to line up with a partner, Brandon Carlo, it looks like. Big kid. Can he ever get mean? You know, if somebody <laughs> need to spill his milk in the morning and, you know, burn his toast, whatever you have to do, get this guy involved physically. He's not going to be the guy that jumps up into the play all the time to get you involved in the offense. He'll do it once in a while. He can contribute a little bit offensively. But what you want him to be solid as a rock from his own blue line in. And I haven't seen enough nastiness, gnarliness from this guy to, to – suit me. You need that from a guy that big. You need that from a guy like Brandon Carlo playing with Hampus Lindholm. And so my expectation for him doesn't come down to points. It comes down to will he get engaged? Will he do it on a consistent basis? We've seen him once in a while drop the gloves. We've seen him once in a while make a hit. Got to do it all the time all in the this time. league. And that's what separates the the mediocre from the good is, is being consistent at what you do, and Carlo needs to find that in his game. And he's been around long enough, so it, it shouldn't come as news to him that that's what's expected.
1: Absolutely. You know, especially coming out of that 2015 draft, a very contentious draft, obviously, in Boston Bruins fan base history. So many things coulda, woulda, maybe shoulda, but you know yeah, what? well, I'm Cam Neely
2: said yesterday he doesn't want to talk about the 2015 draft. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with Cam.
1: I can't <laughs> argue with him either. It was many, many moons ago now, but... You know, just saying, Barzell would have been nice. That would have been something. Yes, it would have been. But, you know, crystal balls uh, also would have been nice. I'll tell you this, man, for, uh, for Carlo, 6'6", 218 pounds. Again, a young guy, 25 years old. I agree with you, Mike. Where's that gnarliness? Where's that meanness? But then again, we've also seen him get involved in the play. And then next thing you know, up oh, playoffs are about to start. and Brandon Carlo just got injured with a season-ending injury. I can't stand that anymore. I, I feel bad for him. Obviously, he doesn't want that to happen that way but for some strange reason the last handful of seasons the hockey gods have really made it tough on him so I'm just happy to have him in the lineup come playoff time It honestly
2: yeah Will you leave yourself vulnerable if you jump up in the butch Montgomery seems to want to do a guy like Carlo jumping up in the play has to work awfully hard to get back. That big body doesn't just just doesn't go by itself. I mean, you got to generate a lot of power to get something that big back in the position. So it comes at a price. But Carlo is not a guy that I would want to to say jump up in the play every chance you get. That's not what I'm looking for. And there's a whole different mindset in my mind for Brandon Carlo. And that that's the top Bruins pair. Am I happy with that? Not nearly as happy as I am with the top Bruins line and second line. I mean, that's mm. it's it could be okay with Lindholm playing big minutes, it could be okay with Carlo smacking some people around, but there are question marks there.
1: There are a lot, that's right. And we have a few more, uh, men back there to discuss. Uh, One surprise, I will say, uh, Derek Forbert has been really something. I mean, when we got him originally off the free agent list, didn't think too much on it. But, you know, once we actually saw him play, and then especially in the playoffs, especially, it became a whole other opinion. So I'd love to get your thoughts on Derek Forbert.
2: Another guy that needs to find the level of consistency that you want from a professional player. I mean, if you you see flashes of it from, from Derek, and then it fades away. Right. So this is a time where he's going to get big minutes because of the absence of a guy like McAvoy. This is a time to grow your confidence, to do the things that you do well, to be engaged physically. He's another guy that's not shrinking violet either, right? I mean, right. What, what is, Do you have his stats in front of him? Yeah, for, he's a 6'4", yeah.
1: 208. Oh, Let me get his actual stat line here. Derek Forbert. With the Bruins, uh, seventy six games, he had four goals, ten assists, fourteen points. Obviously, uh, plus
2: two. You're good at addition, 48 aren't you? Forty eight. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Trust me. <laughs> so, so he's not going to be the guy you really want to jump up into the play right all the time. That's not like Carlo. You know, four goals, ten assists. That's very, very nice for back end guy to have. That they con- should be concentrating on playing defense. So. Again, consistency from Forbert, we've got to see it. Now's the time to prove that you deserve minutes, solid minutes, not questionable minutes, that we're going to go to you. And you might have an off game, every, everybody does, every dozen or so. But mostly, we're, what we see is what we're going to get from you, Derek. And that's what I'm looking for. The next guy we've been waiting to see for a while, Jacobs who who's just, he's had a good start. People talked about him being one of the best players in camp. Last two games, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No, that, that looked like, I mean, he was getting, he coughed up the puck and he, he got out of position. He's on for a bunch of goals against. This was not a guy that, I, I mean, it's been a long slog for him. He's coming off a serious injury too. So maybe you give him time. Maybe this is the time that another guy that has an opportunity to make his case that he, he's he's matured enough to stay there big question mark for me right now and especially playing well early in the preseason and then fading at the end is not a particularly good sign but we're gonna have to keep an eye on on jacob and that's uh that's the best i can offer on that one
1: absolutely i mean the stat line on him obviously he's been with the bruins three seasons now it's been 54 regular season games no goals to speak of 12 assists altogether and i mean nothing first season nine the second third on the most recent and, uh, again, at least he's not a negative player at this point. But after only 54 shots in the uh, the big show so far, you would hope to see a bit better of a stat line.
2: They've given him a good opportunity. And uh, let's see if he, he makes good with it. There are other guys to discuss here. Mike Riley cleared waivers. Didn't have a bad camp, really. I mean, I thought he was okay. He's, he is dangerous one way or the other. He can skate. He can handle the puck. There's a guy that must be music to his ears that I should jump up into the play because um, he can get up in the play and get back and, on, on play on defense, but his defensive play is not particularly strong. I don't think he sees and re- reads and reacts to uh, his defensive environment as quickly as he should, and consequently, he gets burnt quite a bit. On the defensive uh, end, absolutely. But, yeah, and so, you know, we'll see what happens with him. I know they were trying to see what happened on the waiver wire. Nothing, Nobody bit, but He's still in the mix back there, and and so is Connor Clifton, who similarly can skate well enough to get up into the play, make something happen. Not one of the few guys that's not a big man on the back end for the Bruins, but he's a gamer. You know, he'll he'll you know he'll give it what you got. He gives you good effort. Uh, he too sometimes will get burnt. His ability to play one on one sometimes is questionable. Maybe size is a factor there. Um, Matt Grizzlick will come back soon looks like he made good progress on his recovery from shoulder shoulder surgery and uh, shouldn't be too far out that's that's good news but you know the bad news is it was another injury and Grizzlick has been suffering from injuries every season it seems like to me and and that is is a problem it sure is
1: Mike, it's uh, 6.48. We're going to step aside, take our final break of the evening, and when we come back, we're going to break down the goaltenders and anybody else that we've left out to this point right here on Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Melbury on 1510 WMEX. We'll be right back. to defeat a lot of people fast. Call Angelina's
0: in Braintree, the home of the Jumbo. Angelina's now offers Dell's Lemonade, the perfect treat to add to any meal. And you can ensure the kids are happy, too. Feed your family tonight with Angelina's, and you'll receive $5 back for every $25 purchase. Not to mention, Angelina's also delivers. Football season's here, so be sure to order your pizza, wings, and more in time for the game. Angelina's in Braintree, 419 Elm Street. Call 781-843-7827 to place your order. Angelina's in Braintree, the home of the Jumbo
1: listen to wmex your way
0: anytime and anywhere streaming live on the free odyssey app that's a-u-d-a-c-y
1: never miss a moment of wmex remember where you were when you two first got engaged of course you do it's a memory you will cherish forever and you can always turn to Rogers jewelry for that moment in your life since 1944 Rogers jewelry has been Quincy's first choice for fine jewelry sales and trusted repair service that truly makes the difference unlike the big box jewelry stores Rogers jewelry is staffed with a graduate gemologist with over 35 years of experience and you will never have to sacrifice luxury for pricing Rogers jewelry located in the Galleria at President's Place in the heart of Quincy Center at 1250 Hancock Street. Rogers Jewelry. Know what you're buying and learn more at RogersJewelry.com. Welcome back, Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury, being brought to you by Fuse CBD. Check them out online, fuse health.com. Now back to your host, Mike Milbury.
2: Well, we were talking about defensemen in the last segment, and we forgot one name, anyway, that's still hanging around, and it's a guy by the name of Anton Stroman who signed on a PTO and had a good training camp, and looks like the Bruins would like to find a way to keep him, whether they can squeeze him in money-wise is the next question, and is there room for him on the roster, but... You know, he's not on the roster presently. He's not not got a contract, but time out. Time
1: out. Hold on. Breaking news per CBS. Uh, Literally 10 minutes ago, Anton Strawman signs a one-year, $1 million contract with the Boston Bruins.
2: All right. There you go. So they are be able to squeeze it in. But you probably would expect somebody to be shipped out after that. They expect Strawman to be in the lineup, I would seem. He's six, seven, eight defensemen, reliable defensemen. I, I think it's a good signing.
1: Yeah, Pierre, uh, per Pierre LeBron, he's saying right now it's looking like Strawman's really got an opportunity to take some minutes early in the season with all the defense Really, literally healing from their injuries still. But he might uh, very well slip into a part-time role later down the road in the campaign, obviously. But a great bookmark guy. And yeah, this someone is that a, could really change a, into a full-timer. If
2: given it's, a depth, it's a depth signing. and A signing that could be like some of those, like Charlie Coyle, guy that could come up from the third pairing to the second pairing and still be, be fine with it, not feel any pressure in that regard. So good news from that front. Good catch by you, Ben. I'm glad... Strawman's in the fold. So so that does it for defensemen. And overall not as happy as I am with the forwards, but we still have a the goaltending position, the one that drives coaches crazy and every time it's just it's a it's not even hockey, is it? It's goalie. <laughs> it's, it, it is it's, it's just so the the Bruins have their two goaltenders from last year, two guys that apparently our blood brothers, and hug and kiss after every game, no matter who played or won or lost or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> how good are they? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't – I my sense is that, you know, Jim Montgomery said he didn't have a starting goaltender as of yesterday. I don't know if they've named one yet, but, I mean, I, I would think they'd be going with Swayman, the younger guy, although Olmark is only, what, 26, I think, at this point. So these guys are solid. It's up to one of them. I was never – a two goalie rotation guy i wanted to know that my uh, a go-to goalie i mean i did have a two goalie rotation with reggie lemelin and andy moog uh, and that worked out for me but I, I wish i had you know i wish i didn't have to make that choice on a nightly basis right it was too good, much pressure
1: <laughs> it's a good option to have <clears throat> my goodness
2: <clears throat> but uh you know swayman i think is the guy that they expect to eventually take over the the load, and somebody's going to take the load in the playoffs. You might you might give him a game off here or there, but the stakes are too high. And trying to find somebody and develop somebody during the regular season to handle that load I think is important. And for me, the guy should be Swayman. I don't know where they sit on the Swayman-Omark division, but I'd be happy with 50 games for Swayman and 30 games for Omark, assuming that Swayman continues to improve and you know, do do things to his game that makes him a better goaltender.
1: Absolutely. and You know, mm. obviously with uh, the, the goaltending debacle that was while Tuca Rask was pre-retirement and trying to get it going again, uh, we, we all scratched our heads when they signed Linus Allmark for the big money that they did. But you know what? The way it all shook out in the end, I am glad they did what they did. Uh, he's been a great goaltender for the organization thus far. Knocking on wood here.
2: Well, great's a little strong. Uh, He's been serviceable.
1: He showed up. He's had a great attitude. I'll take him from there. That's that's something we can work with. But I also say, I'm with you, Swayman is their number one guy. Obviously, a decision hasn't officially been made, but that is the sensible option in my mind. I mean, the kid's been here. He's come up through the system. He's done his time down in Providence, still doing some of that time intentionally here and there. But uh, overall, I'm happy with the goaltending situation at the moment. Who knows what the future is going to bring. But as long as the two of them are on the save wavelength, I don't really care which one of them gets that number one tag. Obviously, probably should be Swayman anyway. But as long as they're working together enough to make this season roll, however you got to do it. Yeah, they're going to be
2: very important in the first 20 games. R- really important. No doubt. That these guys, I I thought there was some sloppiness in the back end in the last couple of last couple of games. But, but for me, you always have to count on the goaltender to make, the obvious stop, and on a good night, make some spectacular ones to give you a chance to win the hockey game. And, and, you know, that more than anything with McAvoy out of the lineup uh, is going to be pressure on the goaltenders, and we'll see how they handle it. But first 20 games, look for the goaltender to be a huge factor.
1: Absolutely, and uh, Olmark being 29 and Swayman 23, you know, you got a good spread there. Worst case scenario, Swayman learns yeah. a bit more from Olmark. Olmark does what he does, and we'll see what happens. But I feel good either which way with either one of them behind the pipes right now. Yeah, I think it's that's a good setup. it's not
2: it's not a problem area. It, it's yet to be determined whether it's a strength. So right decisions to be made by by Jim Montgomery and and. Um, especially early on, they'll be important decisions. So we look back at the last hour, <clears throat> excuse me, we've identified a couple of issues. You know, we've, we've identified the fact that the Bruins have to start playing Jim Montgomery hockey, which is possession hockey. It is retrieval hockey. It is involved the defense hockey. It's a, a lot of skating involved in that system. That's a, that's a lot to ask from your team on a, on an 82 night basis. It's a, it's a, ambitious is what I would call it. But they might have the tools with their forwards in order to accomplish that. Your assessment?
1: I'm right there with you on that. I think they definitely got to do what they can to just keep this going. And certainly you don't want to uh, ruin a whole season by pushing too hard early on, but you can't get your foot off the gas either. So
2: Yeah, the first 20 games are going to be important. Try to get these guys back. That's the next issue. When these guys come back, when Marchand comes back, when McAvoy comes back, when Grizzly come comes back, and assuming Hall is just, just a minor problem, all these guys have to come back. Those three guys come back from major injuries. How long will the cur- curve be till they get back to where they were before they were injured? Another major factor in the, in the way this thing goes. So reviewing the team, trying to set expectations, it's almost impossible because their team is so dented without McAvoy... Without Marshan, without it's it's impossible to say what this team should be. But if you can, I expect them to be around three or four, no worse than five in the division when those guys get back. That would be my expectation for them. They'd be on the bubble of the playoffs. And if they can hold that position, then they can get their strength back and expand that position and get into the playoffs comfortably. And I do expect that will happen if they can get through this early season hill.
1: No, it's a tough hill, but every season is an eighty two game stretch and it never gets any easier, Mike, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. It's a and it's a it's tough to keep the guys fresh. It's tough to keep them engaged. Uh it seems to me, as I, you know, I listen to Montgomery, it seems to be his strength is communicating. That's obviously what a coach needs to do. It's not take away their ice time. It's not badger them in the media. That's certainly not going to work. It's a whole different era of coaching than when I was behind the bench. And you could rant and rave a little bit, which I did pretty well, I think. And I, I, I think now it's a matter of taking a guy into the corner and Putting your arm around his shoulder and explaining to him you what you want, what your expectations are. I think there's time to get pissed off. I think there's time to get mad at players, It's time to to, you know, storm into the locker room, but not nearly as often as it once was. And the no. fear the fear factor does not register with today's players. Not when they're making ten million, seven million. The average salary, I don't even know what it is now. It's probably close to four. Yep. But it's uh you're dealing with a different generation of players, and Jim Montgomery seems to have better handle on that and, than than some others. And he certainly did, in his his coaching stints in other areas.
1: That's right. Well, Mike, we're just about out of time here on our initial pilot episode here of Gloves Off Hockey. Uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow. We're going to be doing this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 6 to 7. No ifs, ins, or buts about it. Right ahead of Bruins face-off. And we are going to be taking calls starting tomorrow as well at 781-834-WMEX. 8, 8, couple of games underway. tonight. Well, not underway yet, but getting to be underway tonight. Lightning and the Rangers at 730. Uh, Mike, I'd love to see your prediction for that one.
2: Two good teams. I think the Rangers are coming. I think... Uh... The Lightning got stung a little bit. They lost Palat to New Jersey. They lost. They traded away Brian McDonough. Um, they're a little more vulnerable, I think, and the Rangers, I think, are on the come. I think a home team playing against a team with the Tampa Bay's reputation, Rangers have a lot to prove. I'd pick. I'd, I'd, pick, I'd bet on the Rangers.
1: There it is. And the only other game tonight is the Golden Knights taking on the LA Kings at 10 p.m. Western Conference. Who are you taking?
2: Bruce Cassidy's first game behind the bench for Vegas. And... Uh, I think the guys will want to put on a show for him. I know LA's made some moves and trying to get things back on the right track, but I'll go with Vegas. They think they're going to I think they have a good season.
1: There it is, folks. Well, the NHL season is a long one, but we're going to be here with you throughout that, the playoffs and then some listening live here on WMEX the Gloves Off Hockey. Mike, thank you so much, and we'll look forward to having you again tomorrow.
2: All right, Ben. See you then.
1: Let's go. Have a great night, folks. Stay tuned. MeTV Music, all night long.